Hello, friends, and welcome to Liberation Lectionary, uh, where each week we take a look at the upcoming readings uh, for the Sunday, according to the Revised Common Lectionary, and we are in search of liberation. We're glad that you've joined us here today. My name is Jamie Edward Acton. I am an Episcopal priest out here in Los Angeles, and joining me today, as always, is... What's up, good people? This is uh, Francisco Garcia, and I am a priest and activist, organizer, student, lots of different things, you know, dad, husband, what, should we keep going? Anyway, troublemaker, um, oh, troublemaker yeah. over here in Nashville, Tennessee, and, um, but obviously, Los Angeles is, is, is my home, my, my barrio, so happy to be with y'all. And uh, as you can tell, I'm having problems forming words this morning, but I'm going to do my best, uh, so... Uh, this morning, we're taking a look at John 15, 9 through 17, which is a sign for the sixth Sunday of Easter. And, um, and the way we do it is we just kind of do the reading and Francisco and I just jump in and uh, kind of imagine maybe a, uh, a tennis match or something or something, uh, uh, not a boxing match. We're more, uh, more civil than that. And, um, but we just kind of go back and forth and riff on, um, on, the, on the reading and what grabs us. But again, we're, we are in search of liberation, the good news of liberation, and we're convinced that we can find it wherever uh, we look in Scripture. So Francisco is going to read it this morning, and then we'll get started. So Francisco? Okay, so John 15, verses 9 through 17. Jesus said to his disciples, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The gospel of the Lord. Right on. So look, I, I got I, my, uh, here's my screen that I've changed. So I, I see that. I see from that. One of, our, nice. one of our many actions out in the street. This one is in particular from when Jeff Sessions you know, the former attorney general decided to visit California. He made a mistake, right? And uh, our uh, community of, of uh, sacred resistance gathered together, you know, immigrant rights groups, faith, labor, all kinds of folks. And we, sort, we took over the street where, you know, in front of the, the state building where he was going to give some kind of address. And, and uh, so that's one of the many picket signs that were there that day. And we had, of course, we had a civil disobedience and, um, good action that was one of the better actions i have to say yeah and um and there is a there's a sign that i use uh just like you someone did a cartoon version drawing of you uh francisco one action uh, someone did of me too and they captured a sign in the back at this action that said yes you know what the f is actually going on here and uh it's a and classic as, photo. as i was being taken away in handcuffs it was a it was one of uh, my most uh, i feel 
beloved photos that somebody captured. So it actually uh, says, I remember it says what the actual F. Yeah, right. There we go. And it spells it out in full, you know, (laughs) full four letter fashion. That's right. That's right. We had to turn that into a cartoon and immortalize it. So uh, it's actually on, you know, when I turn off my uh, screen, that's what will come up. So awesome. Um, Well, let me get started here, Francisco. I'll do a short little start and then we'll just go back and forth. I, you know, this is a continuation, I think, uh, um, of last week where we had this uh, Jesus kind of uh, gives this wonderful image of a vine, I'm imagining a grapevine, and uh, and then um, kind of describing and giving identity to, um, you know, a Christian community, a Jewish Christian community that's trying to define itself like all uh, Jewish communities were uh, around the time that John wrote his gospel. And... Um, so this is, in a, in a way, it kind of builds on that and is an extension of that vine image, uh, particularly in that because in the vine image, he uses this term abide, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a number of times. And it continues into this passage uh, this week. And, um, you know, I think we are we were on to something last week and we I'm going to continue in this thinking this week where we kind of defined abide as kind of being in solidarity with, right? Uh, Not just kind of abide as a passive, relaxing, kind of falling back into the presence of God. Of course, there's always space and and grace for that, but this is more, uh, feels like more of an active definition. I think this week's gospel reading kind of uh, testifies to that, right? Because what... Jesus uh, starts out here as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you, abide in my love. And so again, we don't quite know exact. He doesn't say exactly what abide means until the next uh, until the next line, right? And yeah. so then he starts to give us some clear details, some clear um, kind of uh, you know uh, definition of what it means to abide in His love. If you keep my commandments, right? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And he doesn't say if you keep the 10 commandments or if you keep the 613 commandments, right? In Hebrew scripture, he's saying, if you keep my commandments, which he has uh, in, in other parts of scripture summed up, uh, you know, to love God mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. everything we got and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And then here it gets summed up too in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, um, in both a profound and challenging yet simple right uh grasp you know where we can grasp it and and uh now living it out is little is little is another thing but um, that's right but uh, at least he's trying to say you know he's trying to zero in on what's at the heart of not just the commandments but his commandments and um so uh you know that so abiding being in solidarity with jesus his life his mission his vision and then hence god's you know, kind of purposes and, and desires for us uh, to abide in that, to be in solidarity with that is to, to, to live according to Jesus' commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I, won't, I won't be a spoiler alert because it comes later what that, what that is, but we'll get to it, what it, that commandment is. That's right. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to, to begin and to think about how, even just if we're looking at these scriptures, you know, over a series of the six Sundays, um, you know, after Easter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we talked uh, back then about how this was, uh, you know, the act of resurrection was, um, you know, a living act, a conscious act, an act where 
you know, Jesus was showing up in, in physical form in the flesh, you know, to demonstrate to the disciples and to people that would, that would follow him um, and challenge him that um, following and abiding in God many, meant to be sort of connected to the material reality of humanity, right? The suffering condition of humanity, um, you know, and it, it wasn't this to be, it wasn't to be sort of spiritualized away into sort of this, you know, into the by and by, right? As some right. of our tradition has, has said. And so it's grounded, right? In Jesus on the earth, even though he died, you know, um, it's grounded in his humanity, in his death, in the physicality of life and in what true religion is really meant to be. And so we sort of see that trajectory. And then now we're moving into, um, you know, what that means in terms of the values and the practices. And so here we have, you know, this idea of abiding and then, you know, then connecting the abiding to, to the, that message of love. And it's a solidaristic love. It's a love that's rooted in, in, in this connection. And so um, I think about a lot of sort of, I think sources that obviously affirm this and, and scholars and authors that have picked up this theme. Um, you know, one of my favorites, and I think yours too, Jamie, is, is, is Bell Hooks, um, you know, who's done amazing work. She wrote a whole book called All About Love. And so it is, it's kind of one of my favorite books of hers. She's got like snippet after snippet of sort of love, but looking at love in its totality, right? So, you know, looking at the romantic, sentimentalized version of love, but not stopping there. You know, what does love mean in terms of, of who we are as a humanity, which is what Jesus was really talking about. Um, it, you know, this love that transcends like just a one-on-one -on -one intimate relationship, but love that is part of a, a you know, a society that works for the common good, you know, yeah. that takes care of, of, of each other, especially the most vulnerable. Um, and so she, um, a couple of, of pieces that I kind of want to lift up from that is, um, she talks about um, to love well is the task in all meaningful relationships, not just romantic bonds. And so this idea of loving well, I think, what does it mean for us to love well um, as a practice of ministry, right? As, as the people of God in the way that Jesus is sort of calling us to in this scripture today. Um, but she also talks about the practice of love um, offering no place of safety, right? We risk when we love. If we are truly loving, we are risking. We are putting ourselves into a relationship or into an issue, right? If we're going to the street, working for justice, um, we risk loss, hurt, pain. We risk being acted upon by forces outside our control. But that's the task, right? That's the call to love. Um, uh, and sort of Dr. King has talked about what it means to love in this agape form of love, right? To love without expecting anything in return. Um, and that's sort of the way that we can build justice. Um, and then the last thing is um, from, from a, a biblical scholar that a lot of people probably don't know, um, because he's, you know, he kind of faded, you know, decades ago, but his work, I think, was really revolutionary. I mean, he was a Mexican biblical scholar by the name of Jose Porfirio Miranda. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a book called, again, people might be scared of this, but don't, because it's an important analysis. It's called Marx and the Bible, uh, critiquing the philosophy of oppression. And so, it's a complicated book, but there's some real important nuggets in there about love and its relationship to justice. Mm -hmm. And so what he really says in this, in this um, book is that really we have, our culture and society has done a terrible job of sort of separating, right? Love and justice, where they're two separate things. 
Um, and he is saying that really in the Hebrew prophetic tradition and then in the way of Jesus that we see reflected in this gospel and in 1 John, um, love and justice are in fact inseparable. Um, they, are, they kind of are different sides of the same coin. Um, and um, therefore it's better to think about it in terms of a love justice. And so this is when I, when I talk about love, especially I always like to think about it in this term, love justice, because it sort of implies that it is, uh, it does transcend the individual and it does move us to a place where we can look at how our work is in fact moving towards liberation. So I think if we look at the gospel of, of, of what Jesus is saying, right? As the father has loved me, so I have loved you, abide in my love. And we look at this from this frame of risking love, of love as an intentional act and of love justice, then I think we're going to do a completely different reading, right? I think that's where we're doing the work of reading through the lens of liberation. Right. I love that, Francisco. Let me, I'm going to add some, I'm going to go in a different direction, but only to add some new, to add some layers uh, to what you're talking about. Um, And because I I love what you said and that you, and I love that you just made up a word solidaristic. That's I guess when you get getting your PhD, you just make shit up. So hey, you know, hey, get I'm, your I'm teasing, I'm get teasing. yourself a dictionary. I bet you it's in there. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, but I I like how so when and Jesus goes on because you're talking about risking right the love you know kind of this risky and I think part of that um, uh, you know. It, at the churches that I run, uh, that I'm pastor at, we have preschools. And one of the songs that I love hearing the kids sing early in the morning, circle time is love is something if you give it away. Right. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. and that's a great little, you know, uh, preschool song. Um, and I think that Jesus is kind of getting at that here. He says, you know, this is my commandment that you love one another. Um, as I have loved you, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so there is so involved in that love that you're talking about, not only there's risk, but it's about giving away something. Right. Yeah. And I, I really, um, you know, as as I think people might not realize something here if they're not if they don't kind of poke the Greek, uh, uh, the biblical Greek in this in that line is because I think we assume that when Jesus talks about giving, you know, uh, laying down one's life for one's friends, that uh, we're thinking it's that he's talking about our physical body mm-hmm. here, right? That we're mm-hmm. giving, that we're going to give up our life in terms of mm-hmm. our physical body. And, um, but actually in Greek, there's uh, three words, at least three words for life, right? And so, mm-hmm. and that physical uh, word is bios from, you know, which kind of points to biology, right? And, but yeah. that's not the word he uses here. Uh, the other is Zoe, which is, you know, a Greek word for life, which is more of kind of divine life, right? The, yeah. And then there is psyche, which is uh, the, the root for psychology or, or another way of seeing it is that the way we view the world, right? Our worldview, mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. we see and understand things and, and uh, make sense of things. And, and if we, and that's the word that's used here. Um, in the Greek, to lay down one's psyche on behalf of a friend. So that's the first thing, is to lay down our worldview on behalf of a friend. The other mm-hmm. thing here is that the friends, this is not like you and me, Francisco, buddies, right, and our family and our close circle. Jesus goes on later into this passage to say, you know, you're my friends, but you did not choose me. I chose you. You didn't mm-hmm. have a say in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I chose you to be my friends. And if we kind of extrapolate that a little bit, then the friends that Jesus is calling us to lay down our psyches 
for, right, inviting us to lay down our psyches for, is those friends that he has chosen. Our friends are the friends that Jesus has chosen. Mm -hmm. And so we know from other parts of scripture and what you've just talked about, that the friends that Jesus chooses in scripture primarily, right? I mean, first and foremost, as we see, are those who are friendless, basically, from a societal perspective, those who are yeah, marginalized, those who are otherized, those who are pushed down, pushed out, and, and um, you know, misunderstood, forgotten, you know, all that. And so those are the friends I think Jesus is trying to direct our attention to, Absolutely. to lay down our worldview, right? So how do we, how do we lay down, give up? How do we die to our way of seeing things that we might see those people as our friends, serve those people as our friends first, you know, bring them into, uh, you know, or bring ourselves into, uh, you know, community and relationship with them. Um, and I think that's all kind of an essential kind of first step in search of this, you know, kind of fruit that Jesus is trying to get us to yeah. bear. Right. Uh, in this yeah. passage, um, again, That's connected good. to that vine image. So um, those are a couple of different things, I think, that unless you, again, sneak a, a look at the Greek, we might miss. So. Absolutely. And I think it's really important, especially that, that, that idea of laying down one's life, because I think it it's about. It's about your whole self, really, you know, and as a result of this, yeah, your physical life may be impacted. But uh, again, people get scared of like, oh, what does this mean, you know? Um, but I think that, um, you know, so in the Greek itself too, like this is where agape comes from. Like every single word for love in this passage is agape, right? Right. Um, and it, and it is that, that word in the Greek that, that signifies this different kind of love, like the love you have for your direct brother, um, or your church brother or sister or, or, you know, person in the pew, um, that love is sort of like obvious like this and here's the thing like that is like basic that's like kindergarten love like if you don't love them right it, it, you know it's going to be hard you know you're going to get into arguments and disagreements but if you don't love them then you don't have the foundation for any of the other kind of love that we're that's really right. supposed to practice in, right. in in this laying down one's life the way that you articulated it like this love justice and so but we've spent so much time on that love, right? On like, you know, like, yes, we're gonna be in fellowship together, you know, as one church family. And, you know, as long as we're doing that, then we're living out our faith. But this gospel is about so much more. That is the beginning. It That's really not is. the end. The church is the beginning. It's it's not the end. And we gotta keep moving and pushing. You, you I mean, you make me think of, uh, you know, William Temple, right? Archbishop William Temple says that the church is the only institution that exists primarily for those who aren't members of it, right? So I, I love this idea of, you know, to love, uh, you know, um, to love those who we're sitting in the pews with and we're sharing coffee with and stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that's real. It's real on the one hand and it's, but it's practice on the other, right? It's, it's practice. And, um, and, the, and the harder work of love and giving up stuff and and in the in the name of love and giving up our psyche our world worldview on behalf of others that's the real that's the hard work you know i think of again um you know i think of folks like myself and of my hue and my background and my privilege and stuff trying to give that up right trying to 
um, not just even give it up, but to free myself from that, right? To liberate myself from that. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of another way we can look at this giving up, right? Giving, um, and to, 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 to give this up, this way that I've been brought up to think from society and, and stuff like that. And um, in order to um, appreciate, you know, and kind of, and, and really, um, kind of really see the, the, the humanity and dignity and, you know, and, um, of, of other people that are different than me. Um, that is the harder work, right, to do. And um, then loving those, you know, folks that sit next to us in church. And it's a harder work because it, 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 I'm thinking about all the things that are happening right now um, and sometimes, you know, in the world. And we feel like, you know, at, on one level, we have access, immediate access to, into what's happening anywhere, right? Because of social media and the 24-hour news cycle and the multiple channels, right? So we know what's happening in India, right? We know, um, you know, the terrible sort of like how the pandemic is hitting places like India particularly hard mm-hmm. and people in places like Brazil um, or and even within our own communities, right? How it's affecting certain parts of our communities more obviously the Latino Latinx community and the, the African-American community, um, the Native American community, like, you know, is being impacted so hard by, by the, all the threats and the, the injustices that the pandemic has magnified. But then it's sort of on the other level, it makes, it can make you feel like we're powerless, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just the, the, the issues and the problems are so big that we're powerless to do anything about them. And so mm-hmm. I think it, it can be numbing, you know? Yep. So I think rooting ourselves though in this, in this way of love can help us sort of discern what can I do in, in, by, in practicing my love and knowing that it's not just me, but if I do this in community with those people around me, that we can actually come together and make some kind of tangible change, you know? And obviously, yeah when we train in the, in the methodologies, you know, of nonviolence, of, of, of organizing and advocacy, um, and then, you know, align it with our study of our faith traditions, I think then we can bring that love to bear, you know, we yeah. can bear the fruit, we can have impact, you know? Um, so but we have to pay attention to that stuff that's happening, right? Yeah. Cause um, you know, right now, Colombia is like, you know, in, in the last nine, 10 days, there's been, uh, a burst of you know popular uprising because people have just had enough right. you know right. um in in terms of the economy in terms of how their government has dealt with this pandemic and you know how do we stand in solidarity with that spirit of just like human resistance that is trying to just live their lives but also can't take it anymore you know yeah. where's the love there right yeah i I, I love what you said about, I, I mean, I, I, I hear what you say about the, uh, you know, it can feel so uh, overwhelming, you know, and I think this today's uh, or this Sunday's reading and then last Sunday connected to the vine, I think really, in, you know, is important uh, when, we've, when we're susceptible to that, right? Susceptible to feeling powerless or overwhelmed or numbed. That we that we see that this vine image is not just a an image to show how we are connected one to another, right, in our diversity, but that we are all rooted in this kind of eternal, you know, kind of source, this eternal source of resistance, this eternal source of 
justice and and agape love, right? And that when we feel um, overwhelmed or or powerless, that you know, to to kind of really connect to that vine root, you know what I That's mean? Right. Um, and the and the and the the vine grower, right? The cultivator, the one That's right. taking care of the vine. Uh, I think uh, Jesus was really uh, using this image really to tap into kind of, uh, you know, kind of just this kind of horizontal aspect of the image one to another, but yet there is this deepness, right? There's this profundity, there's this eternal well uh, that we can kind of just, uh, you know, put one foot into while we're trying to, you know, march in solidarity with those uh, who are struggling. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that that's a really important point, Jamie, because, you know, going back to what I sort of had said about what, what Bell Hooks had said that even though the practice of love doesn't can't necessarily offer us or guarantee us safety, I think our security, our it, it comes through this this mutual connection through mm-hmm. you know being a part of this vine, being a part of this legacy, um, you know, and community of of faithful resistance. Um, that um, you know that's where we find it. You know, yeah. Um, and so um, if. If, if you are sort of affected in this way, like you, you see the news and, and you kind of don't know what to do. Um, you know, for me, I think the solution is, is to get connected, get connected yeah. with, 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 with somebody and with someone else, with a community organization, with a church that is actively asking these questions and engaged. And if you need help finding somebody or a place like that, let us know. We yeah. can, we can help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just, uh, my final comment, uh, Francisco is just, this line in, you know, again, just on 16, I already mentioned it, but the second half, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And yeah. I, appo- I love this idea where he says, and I appointed you, I appointed you <laughs> yeah. to go and bear fruit, whether you liked it or not. I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And we talked about this last week about this asking kind of God, uh, and that God will grant what we ask for. And that, some people abuse these passages because they take it out of context. And there's, there's, there's very clear parameters here about what, you know, what we're asking for, for whom, right? Um, and that we're asking for, we're asking for uh, you know, sustenance, empowerment. Uh, we're asking for endurance, right? For courage in line with these other things about laying down our psyche on behalf of the friends that you've already chosen that have been, you know, on the outskirts, we're asking for things to do that work, right? We're not asking for the yacht, I think, as I said last week, (laughs) Uh, but we're asking for these things in these parameters. And it's Jesus, Jesus makes it very clear that God is focused on making sure that we are equipped, right, to do this work. And that God will equip us um, uh, if, you know, if we're asking for these things in line with his agape love, his justice seeking, his, you know, uh, his equity for an inclusion uh, for all of creation. And um, so I just I just that stands out to me again mm-hmm. um, about um, just I guess just the, the dissonance I I hear from some circles, I feel from some circles of, you know, abusing these kind of the prayer kind of request yeah. that God will grant that. I think it's, it's um, taken out of context. I think that could be dangerous. That's right. Yeah. And take it as a, as, 
as being appointed, it means that we're called. And again, make sure that we're looking at it from not the lens of, you're not, you're not the one exclusively called, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are all called and it right. transcends anyone religion or denomination or practice of faith. We're, we are going to read, yes, we can read into this, what it means for us as people who seek to follow the way of Jesus. And it's a bigger call, you know, right. it's, right. it's about the call of humanity to, to sort of come together for, you know, to live life in the way that we should be living as, as, as just loving, compassionate people. Well, Francisco, uh, I feel good about, you know, our time together today. Yeah. I hope you do too. Um, I think we'll end there and, uh, any final words before we close out or. Um, not really just, uh, <laughs> I think we did it and, you know, persist in this, in this way of love and justice. Yeah. I love that. Well, until next week, everybody, uh, just a reminder that, uh, we, you can now find us, um, as a podcast on Spotify, on Google uh, Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts. Uh, so go listen to us, share with your friends, share us on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, let people know what we're trying to do uh, to kind of just perhaps agitate or inspire to give folks a, a word uh, that they might, you know, uh, get from the pulpit or out in the streets uh, or around the dinner table. So, uh, but until next week, we hope you'll all be safe. Peace. Peace.